And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the bedroom. I mean, sorry. The Saucy Baseline. That's daddy talking. Special guest with us here today, don't we, boys? Engelman. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm a music producer and DJ. Hell yeah. Where are you from Austin, Texas? Woo! Beep, beep, beep. Woo! Um, now I'm living out in LA, just chasing my dreams. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dog. Dude, Devin, De- Devin, you should uh, t- talk about a little bit of a uh, like your journey, like what has led up to you being in LA now. So I went to. Where were you born, bro? Like, <laughs> Tell us about five-year-old, five-year-old. Engelman. Um, five-year-old. What was I doing? I was in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> I was starting start middle school. So in middle school, I was um, a percussionist and doing sports and all that jazz. I went to high school, was in a marching band, doing percussion also, but also in garage bands. And the garage bands, I was doing like we were like pop punk or like yeah. post hardcore music. So yeah, yeah, yeah. our influences were like A Day to Remember, mm-hmm. Ask Alexandria, and then also like All Time Low, um, Blink 182. Um, then I kind of, our band kind of just, I guess just stopped Word. one day. I don't know. I don't know how it stopped. It just stopped. And then um, senior year of high school, um, all my buddies were like all freestyling, all that stuff. And I was like, you know, why don't I just make some beats for y'all so we can all like make some music, like just for fun, you know? Like Mac Miller was re- like big yeah, at that time. Yeah, like, right. Kendrick was probably just blowing up. Yeah, like it was, it was a good time for you know, um, people just blowing up, like producing, rapping. So I was like, let's yeah. make music. There's way more room back then than there is now. Oh, for There's sure. Way, way more room. For sure, and then. Um, I went to college to pursue music. I knew I wanted to become a music producer eventually. Um, I wanted to actually have my own record label, but so I went for entrepreneurship yeah, and accounting. I remember you were talking about the record label a while ago. Yeah, I um, during the summertime before I went to college, I went this I went to a record label where it's like a multi genre. So like I wanted country music, rock music, electronic music, hip hop, everything like just like a Virgin Records type, Capital Records, like Warner Bros, like a huge record label, but like very well balanced. Yes, and then um, I decided I wanted to first open like for companies of random stuff, and then like when I'm 40, sell my businesses and open a record label. Sure. Yeah. Like that was like my idea when I was like 18. Like I was like, yo, I got this game plan. I know I, I like I know how like I'm gonna run this, but the fact that you were thinking till. <laughs> I know, dude. I struggle. Dude, literally, bro. I have to, like, I still, this guy's helped me a lot with that, man. Like, just think 20 years, bro. Like, where are you going to be, you know? I mean, this also yeah. gave me, like, hella anxiety, though. Like, because I, w- I mean, I was, like, thinking for the future. I never lived in the present. Like, I yeah. was like, yeah. I'm not going to live right now. I'm going to just worry about, like, plan and build for the future. Um, but when I went to college, 
like I was for entrepreneurship in accounting, I decided to, I didn't decide, I just ended up putting music to the side. Um, and I mean, I joined fraternity, um, other organizations, party a lot, like got lit. Um, so it was like, I just didn't have, like, I guess I, I just had to take a break from music and try to figure out where my life was going to go. Um, in 2015, I started a beard oil company. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, Hook me up, bro. Yeah, I, I, could, <laughs> I could make some right now for you. Well, not right now. I don't have the supplies, but <laughs> I can tell you all the best ingredients. Um, so I need a little, we need a little tangent here. Tell us about the beard company. Tell us about Um, so, okay. This is like a, this, this is like a bunch of tangents. Like, my life is weird, I guess. Um, so I'm going to go two years prior to that. In 2013, my house I lived in was on Engelman Road okay. or Boulevard or something like that. And that's where my house, like, we were the party house. Like, sure. my fraternity would always have the parties there. We would. That's what's up. It was just, yeah. that's where we party. So yeah. um, that's where my name originated from. But one day, um, I, we were Dude, was the, that Was that an Aspen, bro? That was an Aspen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dope. Um, yeah, man. No, oh. <laughs> San Antonio. Oh, okay. um, but one day, two of my buddies and I were smoking cigars on a balcony, and I was like, yo, we should make a clothing line. Like, And I was like, why don't we do Engelman? And it's like gentlemen, so like it's a gentleman's clothing company. Sure. So it's like very... Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, Hell so yeah. I've actually kept the name since then, yeah. like throughout all these years. Mm. So... That didn't happen at all. Um, and then two years later, I was like, you know, um, I had a project for one of my classes. I said, hey, you need to start a company. And I was like, well, beard oil is popular right now. And a lot of people complain online that it's still their beards are still itching or their skin still itching. So I was like, well, let me go do a lot of research, figure out the best oils put together. And then, um, yeah, I made beard oil. It smelled good, felt good. And then two years later, um, quit it for the music. So, yeah, bro. Hey. I got a question for you though. Was it? And I'm I'm really glad you invited this guy, Ricky. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is dope. But uh, I was gonna say, bro. <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say, dude. Now this is a, this is a this is kind of a, a forward question. I hope you're okay with it. Was it a profitable business? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, but because of the business, I learned all about a lot of different things like i grew in the two years of owning that business of i i was reading hella books Dude, to yeah. learn yeah. about business that's what it is bro that's like, what it is yeah. i went from like i think during that time phase i went from a negative mindset person like I, I was my whole entire life and i grew from these books and all this chasing my dreams to this more positive more confident about myself yeah, um i mean i also was willing to invest most of my money into the business. Yes. So I learned about like, you know, be willing to risk, risk your money, risk doing all this stuff yeah. and not worrying about like the outcome. Like, yeah, yeah. like I was not like, I wanted, of course I want profit. I mean, who does it? I mean, it's a business, yeah. but I, I wasn't, I was stressed out every single day that I wasn't getting enough stuff done. Even though yeah. like there wasn't 
there's so many different avenues. Like you just learn so much when you're owning a business, which I, um, I think I realized when I transitioned from the beard oil to the music is that beard oil just wasn't super passionate for me anymore. For sure, for sure. Like it was passionate for like the first year and a half or so. And then I was like, music is my true passion. That's my calling. I've been doing music my whole life. Right. Like everything Sounds always goes back to music. To me, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I learned a lot of lessons through the beard oil business yeah. and just, you know, running business. But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you have like a business mind, you know? Oh, you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can definitely relate to that. Cause I'm always thinking like, what's the move? What I got to do? You know, oh, I'm always, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too, bro. Like, and that's what I love about these guys. We're always thinking like, what do we do, bro? You know, what's the, what's the next plan? TikTok, you know? And that's like the business mind, the strategic mind at the same yeah. time. Right. But, uh, and I remember I would like, kind of similar to you, I would always like start like in, uh, uh, these little like businesses or like, um, I don't know if you ever joined like multi-level marketing type of stuff. I, I did yeah. in 2015. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and all that all that stuff helped me develop that mindset. You know, oh, for sure. Like really similar to you. See, yeah. I joined um, one of those schemes. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was very beneficial for, but I, I did it because I wanted to sell products. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just want me to find people annoy every single. Oh, I know. Like they just, I know. They just want me to go to every single person I knew. It'd be like, yo, don't buy any of my products. Yeah. Just join me. Join this force. Join this cult. I'm like, yeah. yo, y'all are all brainwashed. I just want to sell products. Like yeah. this uh, is not why I joined. <laughs> it's it's dude. Yeah, it, it, the whole multi level marketing thing is weird. Man. But I did learn a few things in there. Yeah. Like, no, you um, did for sure. I think. There's a reason why I started picking up books. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. No, yeah. So, for me. I mean, I don't think, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, there's not really much to say about that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess after the beard oil in my music, I graduated um, in 2017, May, and I, but in March, I decided to do music full time. Like to go, like if I'm, why wait until I'm 40 to do music? Like I gotta do it when I'm young, when I know what's trendy. Like yeah. I don't wanna waste like, what, 20 years waiting for like, you gotta jump in like right. head first. So I was like, let's do it. Um, started producing, I released on SoundCloud my songs that I produced back in 2011. Like that didn't never showed anybody. That's I, I've done similar. And thing. I was like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like I, I, I think the hardest thing for people to do is like, just put something out there and be vulnerable. Yeah, be 100%. willing to like not care so, what yeah. anybody's gonna say about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's true. Because when you go through middle school, high school, like live your whole life, especially in, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's everywhere, but you're always judged, especially in a social media age. It's like, you're always being judged. And it's like, if you're not willing to put yourself out there and just say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, that's like, I mean, you have to do that. Yeah, you have to. I, I, I mean, as an artist, you just have to do you it. You have to yeah. just try, bro. I mean, I think the thing that's, that really fucks up, because I think there's this this idea out there. Gary Vee talks about this all the time. I'm up his ass, so you know. Sorry if you don't. 
you're not a fan. Um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, sure you, dude, yeah, you know Gary V. Red, bro. Uh, yeah, 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 okay, dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure well, so, does, so yeah. anyway. <laughs> so, so I always think about you know one thing that 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 he'll talk about is um, you know the idea that you just have to try so many different things and really just make and this idea that it does take so many people are so worried about quality and making quality fast and scaling quality and so you have to like spend so many hours they're like oh i'm not going to release this for like at least a month because i have to put all this time and energy and effort into this and because of that it basically forces you to procrastinate and think that you're not able to make content that quickly and i think that's like the number one thing that artists overanalyze themselves so much just by default i certainly have my whole life up until probably the last few years when i've kind of become more comfortable in my own skin. Um, But I think about that all the time is that, you know, you just have to go out there and just do it. That music you made in 2011, you should have just released it in 2011, but your brain wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? And plus, plus back then, I didn't even know how to release music at that time, like put stuff on iTunes or anything or SoundCloud or like, I just wasn't, um, I think going through college, that's what, a lot of people say, hey, don't go to college. Like, I'm just going to drop out and do stuff like that. But like, I benefited a lot from college by learning how to actually educate myself. Dude, like, me too, bro. I, I, I agree. I learned yeah. how I can actually teach myself Dude, every single me thing. Me too, bro. Dude, I get, this, I get the same thing. Like from, from doing engineering, man, I learned how to learn. I learned the way it's, I learned. Exactly. Yeah, like, because, dude, you would go to these lectures and you're like, okay, now I know what I got to learn. I don't understand what the fuck he's saying, but <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fucking read the textbook now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now and then eventually you get it. You're like, whoa, this is how I learned shit, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, now I know how to learn anything because I know how my brain works. In college, yeah. you actually learn how to, yeah, learn. You learn yeah. how, and you learn that you can educate yourself on the stuff that you actually care about. Exactly. Yeah. Like in high school, you're forced to learn all this stuff that you don't care about. You're like, why am I learning this? And then that's why everybody says. We hate high school. We hate this. It's like that's because yeah. you're you're not learning stuff that you want to learn about. But in college, you're actually like I was doing business courses. I'm like, yo, this is actually interesting, dude. Yeah. Like, for, for and then sure. I was like, you know, I'm gonna read book because it's like I can learn more about this and like this is about my future. And then I was yeah. like, yo, now I can because of my beard oil company. I was like, now I know how to like buy things through yeah. the supplier and like call these people and right. like. Now I know, like now I know how to distribute my music. I know how to market myself. Like yeah. I know how to do all these different things. I know about networking. Like yeah. I did not know what networking was back then. Right. I did not know anything. So it's like if I release my music, it would just be one of those SoundClouds, or I mean, it would probably be the SoundCloud that's like with three followers, yeah. and right. then it's like one play, and yeah. it's like nobody will listen to it. So I think that. I think it was fine for me to like hold off of releasing until this part because it was like also like I'm gonna just go back to one of his old points of like just releasing music. Like yeah. when I released it, I wanted to be an artist that's like you can go back to the very first music release I've done and then listen to my transition, my yeah, that's evolution. That's what you were saying, bro. Like, like release everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I. I personally don't release everything. I spend a lot of time now, but I but I think 
<clears throat> I'm finding other ways to like do things where I can release that music. Like for example, yesterday I did this uh, post on TikTok and I basically just had this hip hop verse that I wrote probably like five or six years ago. And so I made a quick beat, 15 minutes, you know, just had a, found a good sample, put a bass line over it, added some drums, and then I just literally rapped over it. And like, that was one of the videos that I did. And I was like, whoa, okay. Now I have all this content stored up, all this stuff that I was so afraid to show people because the format I didn't think was gonna be, I just couldn't get the song to sound perfectly enough uh, for the quality that I want to put on Spotify, for example. And I wasn't really putting, at this stage, I'm not really wor willing to put the money into making that song what it could be. Because most of them are like a minute and 20 seconds, minute and 30 seconds, kind of just hip hop things. And so I was like, oh, I can go do all that on this other platform, not worry about the quality as much, but exactly, put a bucks fuck ton out. And people actually are... Uh, like sort of massage to, or, or, or they're, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like, they've seen so much of that. So they're like callous to look at let that. Me go, you know let me go I mean? see, they're, let me go see the shit he's actually like putting out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the same. Like, dude, I'm so glad I went over to your house last night. Like you showing me it, like me actually, cause I was like, all right, TikTok. Yeah. You know, whatever. But now you showed, especially that post that went up to like 2,000 views, like yeah. it just made me think like, first of all, people are rushing into this platform. And second, you don't have to think so much of like, okay, it's like the old YouTube, bro. I gotta, I gotta make like, I gotta make this like long ass track now, you know, and show how I made it. No, yeah. like on TikTok, it's like quick dopamine releases. Dude, the bar yeah. is yeah. so yeah. high yeah. on YouTube, whereas on TikTok, it's still exactly. so low, bro. Exactly. Yeah, nobody and it's cares. it's beautiful, bro. Yeah. That's why I'm so stoked on it. And I'm like, okay, I really do need to put way less time in my YouTube channel right now. And dude, just focus I completely on agree, dude. Yeah. Because yesterday I made seven videos and it takes me about a week to get one yeah. video turned around. It's, it, dude, it's making me yeah. think a lot of Vine, bro. Like, dude, all these people that killed it on Vine, and Vine died, but now they're fucking killing it on YouTube, bro. Yeah. You know, like yeah, David yeah, yeah. Dobrik, bro? Of course. You know who that is? Yeah. Dude. Did he just like, give somebody a Ferrari for free? Yeah, dude, yeah. Well, you met him, bro. Yeah, I know. You met Heath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we yeah. Were in LA. Fucker drives a Lambo. Bro, how the... F Wait, actually, we need to get him to finish his music story. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. but I was going to say, how do you find living in LA? All right, so we're going to leave off. Uh, so the beard oil... I think, I, think went, I, I think I was at college. I graduated from college. No, well, you had your releases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so in March, I was like... Um, I dropped my music on SoundCloud that, um, but first I produced one track. I showed a few people and they're like, oh, this is cool, I guess. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care. I, I, so I released like this, my first EP, um, quotations, you can't really see it because it's audio. Um, <laughs> but um, my first EP, like Exploration, I think, and it was just like all my old tracks in this one new track. And then yeah. I, I came up with this idea that I, um, this huge concept EP saga called Spaceship to Neptune. So I produced three songs, I believe, on my first EP. Um, released it around when I graduated, I think. And then, but when I graduated, I was like, right before I graduated I, in my fraternity meeting, this was the funnest part. I don't know, I, there's so many different, this whole entire, like six months, like, 
so many things happen in my journey like damn that made me to where i am today so like my first year I had a crawfish boil and i decided that i wanted to tell my parents like yeah. hey i have this plan on living in a van traveling the country doing music for a l- yeah. life and this was probably the most nerve like yeah i had anxiety could for not, weeks fuck dude i cannot imagine like, bro like I was like, how am I gonna tell my parents like, I'm gonna be homeless. I went to college, I'm graduating from college and I'm gonna be living in a van and this is what I wanna do. Yeah. It's not like, hey, I got screwed by life. Nah, I'm choosing to like start from the bottom yeah. and work my way up. Hell yeah. So like I had like all this like fear and I was like, gosh, this sucks. Like I had this crawfish foil, I pulled my dad, I was like, yo, this is what I wanna do. I told my mom, this is what I want to do. And I think they were just more like stunned. Um, and they had anxiety, stress. Like they're like, I don't know how we're going to do this and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't, right now I don't care about like, I graduated college. Like I want to drop out of college. Yeah. Cause I want to pursue my entrepreneur dreams. I stay in college for them. I did all this stuff. Now it's time for me to live my life. Yeah. So that's what's up. Like I could, and so weeks, my, all my brothers in the fraternity still didn't know, except I think one person. Um, so we had a meeting, a chapter, and like the last meeting, I was like, hey, like, this is what I plan on doing. Everybody was like, well, you do music? Like, you're going to do music? Like, they only saw me as like this business accountant person. Uh, they never saw like a creative, creative yeah. side to me. Yeah. And, I was, and then so people were like stunned and they would come up to me and I was like, hey, like, are you sure you don't want to be an accountant? Like, you're good with numbers. Like, I was like, nah. And they're like, well, you can get paid like 60000 starting. And I'm like, no. Like, I want to do music. This is what I've been wanting to do my whole entire life. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. So with like all my college um, money that I received from graduation, I decided that I'm going to buy, I bought a van, which that was a crazy story too. Because like, I, bu- I found a van that was for like $2,000. Yeah. Went to the place, like, to go check it out, he was like, "Hey, the radiator's busted. This is busted. This is busted." He dropped it all the way to a thousand dollars. Gave him a check. After six months, he never cashed it. So I got the van for free. What? I just had to put like a thousand dollars into like making it actually. He working. never cashed it, bro. What? Never cashed a check. What? Yeah. That makes no sense, dude. Yeah. So I got what? a free van. Like. That's crazy. And the craziest part about yeah. I think my journey like my whole life is that i've always been this bad luck kid right so like you said you were always thinking about the future whenever you saw the van where you're like in the moment you're like this is happening now <laughs> oh did, was that a well, big shift dude i bet man it's like it, it's fucking real yeah. like, i just got this it, van everything was yeah. going so you got a van for free sorry yeah i I got I got banned for free. I mean, I didn't. I had to keep in my bank account thousand dollars. Right, right. To make sure, Just like, whenever he cashed right. it, I was like, four months later, I was like, he still didn't cash it. Like, damn, like, I could be using this money That's right now. That's crazy, bro. And then so, um, but yeah, like, it was crazy because like my whole life I was about this bad luck kid. Like, for instance, like when I was thirteen, I got my first ticket for um, having fireworks. Like, who gets a ticket for possession of fireworks? Like at 13, like nobody, like I'm probably the one kid out of a billion people. What the fuck? So it's yeah. like, 
I every time I would do something, I would be the one that got in trouble. Like yeah. everybody would be doing all this, like I don't know, like fun college or high school trouble stuff. But when I do it, I get in trouble. So it's like I was always this guy that got bad. Like oh yeah, in college, in one week. Well, on a Wednesday, I got my first MIP. Two days later, I got my second MIP. Damn. Like, in the second MIP, I wasn't even drinking. It was just that the party was at my house. Right. Damn. So I was like, this sucks. So I didn't even want the party. Yeah. <laughs> and then wow. um, I also, like, so before my graduation of college, like, just shit ton bad luck. And then right when I graduated, I started having this amazing good luck. Like, I was like, there was a reason why I had all this negative bad luck stuff in, in my future. Now I'm grinding. All this good luck is happening. Like yeah. I traveled the country by myself and nothing happened. Like, no, yeah, like I, that's wild, bro. Um, but I don't even know where to go off. Like what yeah. section to go off now? Like, what are you doing today? What, what so you, you traveled, I mean, you traveled the country, travel the country, so okay, so what made you what made you uh, go to LA? How'd you end up in LA? All right, so I bought a van, traveled the country for three months, lived in Denver. For, like I wanted to tr- figure out like all the music, like where the music is, network, plant my seeds, you know, try to grow some plants and meet some friendships, collaborations. Like while I was traveling, that's the main point of the van life, and. I lived in Denver for like three weeks or months or so. Had a gig there, um, met some dope people. Um, but after my gig, I was like, "Yo, I gotta bounce." Um, so I went to like Chico, California, where my co- my cousin lives. Um, hung out there for like a month. Um, lived in San Francisco for a month, and then went back to um, Texas. Um, for a few months trying to figure out like where I wanted to go because like I knew like Denver has a huge base scene San Francisco has a base scene and I was kind of in the base movement at the time um, yeah. I mean it was like rhythm like that's rhythm, a, yeah. that was the beginning of rhythm yeah, yeah. time and um, so I was like yo this is like lit um, and California was like I need to be in California for sure I was yeah. thinking about San Francisco because like, I already have family members there and then when I went to South by, um, I came to realization that LA is like all electronic music. That's where the entertainment industry really is. That yeah. or New York. For and sure. it's like, yeah. but I'm more of a California kid, yeah, you yeah. know? So um, I think I, somebody was speaking and said like, the industry in the EDM community is so small, like um, in that, in the, like the industry like not like you know just producers or stuff like that but like the people that like are the owners of like record labels right. and stuff like that like the people that make moves yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like well then i gotta move to la like this is where That's everything is happening i can do so many yeah. collaborations like this is like where i need to be and i think that when i was younger i always felt like i was gonna be in california like yeah. i think i just kind of like had a feeling you know i don't you know those feelings. I was like, I know yeah, what I'm gonna do in the future. I have that feeling super hardcore too. Yeah. So I was born in California, but I moved to Texas when I was like three. Yeah. And we just got back from California, seeing. Um, do you know JC? Does he know JC? No, I don't think he knows. Oh. Him. No. Um, 
anyway, he's a YouTuber up there mm-hmm. that grew up with Ricky. But, uh, dude, I was just like, California is the fucking shit. The weather, like, okay, so what I was, I wanted to ask you about, because uh, I've always thought about, my dad has always been like, you should get a van and, like, you should go live in California and, like, try to, like, just experience life and do that shit. Because my dad, right out of high school, he went to Italy and met, went to medical school in Italy. And learned how to speak Italian and shit, like, all through the 70s and shit. And I was just like, damn, I want to do something like that. Something crazy? Yeah. And so, I don't know. (laughs) This is kind of a funny question, but... So, I guess you had some money when you got the van and you started on your way out there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a funny little scenario. Um, For... When I decided to actually go back to... California and like decide I want to live in LA. I wanted, I did not want enough money to get back to Texas. You didn't have enough money. No, I did not want enough money. Oh, like oh, I see. Like I wanted to me to be stranded in California, where it's like I had to force myself to. So you wanted to be at the yo? That's wild. I wanted to. What a crazy mentality. Fuck myself over, and force myself like either i'm in it or i'm dead or something i don't know like i don't <laughs> yeah, know what to say like, crazy, I, like yeah. I feel like if you don't go 100 percent like if you don't go 100 percent, you're not fully into it like people always yeah. say like well you have an accounting degree now you have a um a backup plan i'm like nah that's not me like I don't want, I'm never going to be an accountant. I can ne- like, I don't want a backup plan. Like, that's why I went there with barely any money. I think I had like $300 in my account and that just got me to there. Like, crazy. And so, that's so you crazy. were saying you didn't want enough money to come back. What are, so besides the mentality you had, what was your kind of like day-to-day grind? Like, did you have, friends that would feed you here and there i did not know anybody in la and so so how did i live pretty pretty much like (laughs) yeah pretty much my meal every single day was peanut butter sandwiches i would go to the grocery store and go to the clearance section of this store called ralph's which is kind of like the i guess the heb of california and i'll go to the clearance section find bread for a dollar and buy that bread and have a peanut butter jar and just make sandwiches. And, and that would last you for like a couple of weeks or something? No, or that would last days? me for a couple of days. Oh, a couple of days, yeah. yeah. So like for food-wise, I was spending probably like, honestly, for food, I was spending like a dollar a day. Really? On food. But <laughs> like, I actually have a YouTube video that says I spend less than $5 a day um, on food. Um, and But the other, mon- the other money was for Starbucks because I'm not, I'm a type of person if I'm gonna go use like an establishment um, for business, I'm gonna buy whatever they have. Like, so every yeah. single day I'll go to Starbucks, buy a drink, um, and use, their internet. use their internet and I'll stay there for eight hours a day. Like from, I'll wake, because I'm living in a van. And you make music primarily? Yeah, that, that's, yeah. I. I, that was when I was like in my teaching grind, where it's like I wanted to learn about mixing, mastering, production. So Starbucks became your apartment complex. E- <laughs> nah, it became his nine to five. Yes, well, <laughs> okay. longer, more like. Okay, yeah. hey, hey, I got his a six to I, I got a fucking twelve so, midnight. 
the van <laughs> exactly did you uh, closed and then i left what uh what'd you do with the van like did you uh like deck it out you fix it up a little bit so like uh did you t- put a bed in there or something I, I always wanted to make it like a true van life van where it looked beautiful on the inside have a desk and stuff right make it really nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but i had a month to i gave myself a month from like when i actually i gave myself i think i had three months but most of the time when i had my band was more fixing everything that the old people gotcha. had problems with like for instance like they they didn't use um any freeze and slash coolant inside the radiator they had water so there oh. like there was rust so i had to do like fix all these problems yeah and so that was like where I was putting like a thousand dollars into the, my van before I left on these trips. Yeah. And then, um, so, but the, I had like a, I left the couch like there, so there was like cabin chairs inside of it, took right. those out, and then there was like this couch in the back that was like you know just one of those normal couch sites in vans, um, and then so I left that there and that's what I slept on. I also put a just a normal desk in there oh and i was playing on like i would work on there like every now and then but when you're in this when i was in la it was like super hot so i didn't work in there but when i was in denver and stuff i would actually work in there sometimes i um stayed in this isolated place where like it snowed at night where it's like i actually worked and like it was dope I, i would read in there yeah um but yeah, I I didn't have time to deck it out like I wanted to, and plus I got you. that also costs money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I sure. did the most minimal amount of decking out for it, yeah. me to actually live there, and yeah, um, I had like curtains around it. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Did you ever hit zero? <laughs> like you couldn't afford anything for? Well, prior to um, so back in college, I had a job at Jose Bank selling suits and stuff like that and i was putting about 50 percent of my paycheck into the stock market so when i needed um money like when i went from like living in a van to living in hostels because i live in a van for four months in la and then i was like you know it's cheaper to live in hostels um i decided that i'm going to start trading stock market um so i started doing that and then that's how dying with my parents help i was able to get hostels for like a month yeah and like i mean hostels are thousand bucks a month no less than that like it's They're like 60 or, or oh no for, for a month like i think my first hostel was like 14 dollars a day so was that like i can't do the math right now but like I think it's like around five hundred dollars or so. Yeah. Okay, dude, that's legit. So like, I was able to do like, and it, but the thing is, like, my first hostel had bed bugs. So like, I stayed there for eleven days, had oh, bed bugs. Fuck. I was inside this. There was it was like a back house. Yeah. And there was like, one, two, three, four, five bunk beds. So that's ten people inside with no air conditioning, yeah. sweat like with bed bugs mosquitoes like all this stuff like this is like like they got shut down when i left like yeah dude like like that's retarded so what the hell i mean i've lit like that's where i started my hostile journey (laughs) like living the shittiest like environment yeah like where i was getting 
eaten up by bed bugs. Like, I that's the first time I saw bed bugs. Bro, bed bugs are some gnarly shit, dog. I got it in college, and I thought we thought literally our whole house we because my buddies got it in their fucking clothes as well. You remember? Did you ever meet? I don't think you ever met George, but he's I a DJ did. that I. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, fuck yeah. You remember the? Yeah. Anyway, so this DJ I lived with in college whenever I was in New Zealand. Dude, we like moved in this house and I got this bed from a landlord and that shit had bed bugs, bro. And I thought I had like an STD for a while, bro. Oh I was like God. worried as fuck, bro. Cause dude, did you, did it bubble up all over you, dog? No, you, you get like itchy. And dude, and then you itch it and then it goes on. Dude, but when you're in the shower, you see them. Like for me, per- dude, I had it bad, bro. Like my whole, no, no, no. I saw the bumps. Like, so you'd put the hot water on, bro, and you just, your whole legs would be covered. Bro, and then you got the medicine, and it suffocates them, and then they die. Oh, I never got medicine. How'd you get them away, bro? Mine, I was in, I was like, Freddy fucking. (laughs) I just got the fuck out of it. (laughs) Dude, I like burned my bed. (laughs) Anyway, sorry about the bed bug tangent, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I moved and washed all my shit and went to like, my next hustle was like super clean. Like they actually clean like twice a day or some shit like that. Oh, like, shit. Like, it was like a super clean place. I was like, yo, this is like a resort for my old place. Shit. And then um, I just kept on moving to different hostels, getting closer to Hollywood. Cause I was in downtown LA at the, or south of downtown LA at the time by USC. And I started moving my way up to Hollywood. Cause Hollywood is like the center of everything. Right. And, you don't really understand that until you live in LA. Like, you might be able to live in like by USC, but you had to travel so far to go to like Hollywood or oh, North Hollywood sure. or Burbank or any of these places. So right. like Hollywood is like literally the center. And so I started living in Hollywood, and um, yeah, I've been living there really since. So dope, man. That's badass, man. Yeah, like it's just been a crazy journey. Um, I don't even know what to say after that. I think that's my whole entire story for the most part. That's legit. I mean, there's like a lot of little things. So that's where you're at now. That's where I'm at. Bro, that's sick. And how much is is it like a co-op? Is it like, how much does your co-op cost that you're living at now? Um, I don't have one right now. I I don't have, no, I mean, I'm in Austin right now. Oh, I don't, I Airbnb stuff. I, I never know when I, like people are like, well, where are you going to figure out where are you going to live when you go back to LA? I don't know. I never, I got a question. So, uh, um, what do you carry? What's like, what do you have? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what, like, what do you, what do you, like what's in my suitcase and stuff? Yeah. Like, uh, what, what do I travel with? Yeah. What do you travel? Like when you're at a hostel, you know, and then you got, and you, you don't know where you're going to be at. I'm sure you're like, you can't, you're, you're pretty light, you know? So share living was scary at first. You would always think that people are going to like steal your stuff and whatnot. But it's like, yeah. I mean, everybody's living there. Like I, yeah. I think it only one hostel that I lived in, somebody actually stole something and he got kicked out the next day. And it's like, he stole, I think money that was like laying out. So it's like nothing that was like right. If you hide yourself, nobody's gonna steal shit. Like yeah. everybody's in the same boat as you. Like it's Hollywood. Like yeah. everybody is struggling. So no, for sure. But what what my <clears throat> essentials look like is so my inside my backpack I have my laptop headphones. I produce everything with 
that's my that's my studio. Right. My laptop and my headphones. Inside my yeah. headphone case, I have different cords, um, or in different plugins. Like I have a splitter, so if I want to collaborate with somebody at a coffee shop, we can collaborate. Um, I have like probably like three or four journals. I'll, I'm a writer. Like I that's can't dope. I can't type like my notes. I can't strategize on notes. I have to write everything out. Um, I have always carry always have two books at least inside my um, nice. backpack um, and then pens like like hard you, drives. do you have a suitcase bro um, like like with clothes yeah like, I have so you carry two you carry two like like a suitcase and a backpack I have a su- big suitcase yeah that has when I flew to LA that's like all my clothes were in yeah. my second suitcase included books my um, like the smaller ones that you can do like carry on Oh, yeah. It had my camera, my like, and my GoPro, and um, yeah, my books and I think some shoes. But it's like, I I went from living in like in college, my apartment was full of just stuff. Like right. I was one of those people that just wanted to buy stuff, keep it. Like yeah. my closet was full, and then when I lived in my van, I learned that I need to become more of a minimalist. For sure. So. While I was traveling, I would start throwing away shirts after one use, just to get rid of stuff. Yeah. And um, which that probably sounds bad because I didn't donate it, but I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. But I realized, <laughs> like, I mean, I had like, I was living in a van, and I had like over a hundred articles of clothing, like inside my oh, van. Oh shit! And I'm like, yo, this is why do I need this much stuff? And then when I came out to LA it's like I really only wear the exact same stuff every single day like why yeah. why do I need all this other extra clothes like just yeah. in case like yeah. like I mean so my my brand I always wanted to be like a gentleman like so I want eventually I want to be like in a tuxedo um like DJing or like whatnot like I want to be a straight like <laughs> yeah. gentleman like that's what that was my vision right I don't know where it's at now I'm somewhere completely different I probably yeah. I don't know <laughs> But, um, but so like I have a suit, like a suit inside my suitcase. I carry a suit, which is weird yeah. as a music producer and DJ, like music producers and DJs, you know, wear black jeans, black shirts, and that's their whole wardrobe. Right. Yeah. 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 I have a suit, like <laughs> who has a suit? Like, you know, carry yeah, like bro. that, like that makes no sense. And I have like a sports coat. I have, I have like nice clothes. So like, yeah. if I go to like, I want to go to these art shows these places and like dress up like i want to go to like be around top tier people that look good like on grammy night and like you yeah, know be yeah, looking yeah. looking good i don't want to be going to grammy night parties and be in my black jeans and a t-shirt you know right so i but so it's crazy like me going from like a lot of clothes to like just the essentials but i don't know it's just a yeah, like when you you had to figure out like what you really want in life. No, I got you. And yeah. like in life, my main focus is music production. I don't care what people care about my style. Right. Like yeah. I used to be a guy like in high school. I, I mean, I, I probably owned like twenty three pairs of shoes in high school by senior year. Like, That's insane. And I would keep them in boxes. Like I, I would not wear the same pair of shoes in a week. Yeah. Like I'll clean my shoes every single time right before I put them in the box. It's That's like, crazy, bro. And like, 
I was this guy that I went, I wanted to look fresh. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I wasn't like one of those, you know, Jordan's guys. I was like more of a, I was a scene kid, but it was like, I wasn't, a scene, I don't know, I don't know what you would call me, but. Ladies and gentlemen, he looks fresh right now, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know, I was always in like, I went through so many phases. Now it's just like, like my whole style is a little bit of every single thing. Like I got my, yeah. I got black skinny jeans on and like this Banana Republic long sleeve, which is like part of like the frat look from college and then like uh, scene kid. Like, yeah, I don't, even know, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I mean, you look cool, man. Bro, yeah. I think about that shit all the time too. And we're so lucky, dude. We're so lucky because in 2019 you can do that. Whereas like 20, like 2004, like basically any time before probably 2010 or 2011, you know, people kind of expected you to look a certain way. And if you didn't, if you dressed out, people would clown on you all the time. And, you know, personally, I can relate to you as well, where I, when I was in high school, I always thought like, got to look fresh, got to dress like this. We went to a private school towards, Max and I did towards the the end of high school so we had a uniform but you i'd know, still always we always wore fresh. tall tees yeah bro but dude, like, <laughs> so, was, but I, I went to size uh, still up bro and tea. and i and so i went to new zealand and their fashion over there was skinny jeans and tall tees and like oh, you know stuff like that and i and when i came back so i had that with me and my brother owns a boot company and so like he sells cowboy boots and flip-flops and so i basically uh kind of started wearing his boots and now i kind of have like this fucking Cowboy, dude. I like scene. Bro, Look, but I, I like also your dress style, hip hop as fuck sometimes. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting, bro, because I'm right there with you. And another thing that you said about having the suit on at a club, like compared to most DJs, it makes you stand out. I think about that. Like I'm making hip hop and pop, but I'm wearing cowboy boots and a bolo bro, tie. Bro, I've thought about that, and I think like that helps you stand out in a in yeah. a way. It's just branding. That's I mean, really yeah, all it it, me. I was literally thinking as marketing, bro. Yeah, branding. yeah, yeah. And I think. The older I get, the more I realize that like it has subtle effects on all the rest of your music and dude, all definitely the rest does. of your your goals. And I think it's uh it's interesting. Well, dude, you come from a like rock blues background, oh, yeah. and you know you're from here from Austin, and you, dude, you really do have that like this unique look to you, like especially like with those pictures you just took with Surreal. Yeah, bro. Like it's, I I don't know another rapper that looks like that, dude. Yeah, it's badass. You need, I mean, you, you kind of just have to. All I'm trying to do is just embrace me, like Daddy yeah. Nat, bro. Like you were, I know that's a funny name. Or probably when I first said that to you earlier, when we were first uh, before we started the podcast. It was funny to but me too. Like, bro. <laughs> it's my. It, I was named after my great great grandfather. He was Nathaniel Daddy Nat Kurtwright, is what uh, everybody called him, bro. And you know how like grandpas they'll call him like you know Daddy this or Daddy that or whatever. Like my grandfather's name was Daddy Bob. Anyway, I got named after him, and I was like, you know what, bro? It's time to really embrace the roots and be like. Just take take the family name, embrace where you're from. Start like you yeah. know, we, me and Max grew up in Northeast Texas, country as it gets. And although we weren't particularly that country back then, it uh, it still is our roots in a way. Max's are more California, but but mine certainly are that. Yeah, I feel like I've been struggling with my style and the shame state in my clothing. Style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I had hair longer than yours. Oh, dude, this guy had like, long-ass hair. Surfer, yeah. bro. This guy was a like, surfer look, man. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that comes, as far as my style goes, I feel like one thing that came to mind was like a tall tank, like blue billabong tank top. Oh, yeah. 
like uh like almost like turquoise blue and then like blue like board shorts that went past your knees i was like i'm just that's board shorts and fucking tanks you should bring those back yeah yeah do it why not and keep keep growing out that hair bro i know (laughs) well i cut the hair because it's so it's been hot as hell this summer and i grew up wakeboarding and so this was the first summer i think i rode once this whole summer because i've been working on the music and just working my job hell yeah on that grind yeah and so i'm just like i did once we almost wakeboarded a few times but we had like terrible luck, man. I know. Yeah. The, the park was shut down and shit. Last summer, but... I think I went probably 20 plus times. Yeah. Damn. Priorities, baby. Damn, we should go. It's a beautiful day, dude. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, my friend's at ACL. I was going to say we could probably try oh, Yeah, ACL is this weekend. ACL yeah. right now, yeah. Damn. Cyril's yeah. going. I think he's about to leave. Yeah. No, he left. Oh. He's recovering for the next one. He's recovering. But, uh,. I think that when you have, like, when you're stopped trying to be somebody else's style and you're just, like, being who you actually are, like, when you're an artist, you sometimes want to, like, until you become, like, a true artist, you want to mimic other people. You yeah. want to mimic, like, their style, like, oh, this is how DJs are supposed to look. So I'm kind of doing look. that right now with bands, and now I'm starting to kind of fade away from that. I think, like, once you actually accept, like, who you are and like be able to just make music the way you want to make music be your style. Just be like, that's like the true feeling of freedom. It's like, I don't give a flying bro, fuck. Exactly. Like, anybody cares about exactly. me. Like, people still tell, people still tell me like, yo, like people tell me to cut my hair. It's like, yo, this is my brand. Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't like, no, bro, say, you look, you look dope, bro. People tell me yeah. to shave. Like, yo, I've ha- I haven't shaved it since 2015. Like, what do you mean shave? Me neither, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to shave. Me neither, like, bro. <laughs> like, Me neither. I, like, 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 literally, like, I stopped caring what other people think about me. Yeah. Like, on my artist level. Like, right. I, you can give me some critiques on my music. That's fine. Like, I'm going to get better. Like, that's why I put out music. Like, exactly. if I th- didn't think I was going to get better, I would never put out music. Like, an artist, you'll always get better. So it's like, yeah. put out music. So it's like, yeah. You can critique me about that stuff, but it's like, if you critique me about, like, oh, your hair's long, you should cut it, nah, like, social, society tells you to have short hair and be clean, like, that's yeah. society. Yeah. I, I go against that, like, that's sure. like, w- Willie Nelson and, like, um, this is some, I guess, a history lesson, history lesson of the country music back in the 70s, um, the outlaw movement back when... Well, Waylon Jennings, um, Willie Nelson, like they, country music, they all were in suits back then, right? In the 60s and stuff, like going to award shows in suits. The outlaw movement was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to wear a tie. So they were like, yo, I'm over, grow my hair out. I'm going to talk about smoking pot, doing coke. (laughs) I'm going to talk about all this stuff that's like, you know, American stuff. Like I'm going to, I'm going to wear jeans. Like, that's like started the whole entire like I don't care what people think about me type movement, bro. It's almost it's so similar to NWA in a way for the hip hop. That's scene, exactly right? what I thought of. You know, it's that's exactly it's, uh, what I thought of. It's literally just it's being unapologetically yourself, and it's it's funny, man, because that's what works all throughout, bro. You go look at all these things like 
maybe not like maybe not back in the 40s and 50s with music but like eventually it became that you know that was rock and roll it was well, Jimi Hendrix it was so different you know what too. i mean yeah exactly he was in a suit until and, and, all of a sudden he was just like I fucking smoke weed. Yeah, like, exactly. He didn't give Beatles. a shit. Yeah. The Beatles, bro. Same shit. Like, yo, I'm a Trabasse and go to India yeah. and, like, yeah. I'm a. Beatles are crazy. Grow my yeah. hair on and just take random ass music. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I, love, I love that you uh, brought up country because just. A few, couple pods ago. A couple pods ago. Uh, Did you yeah. see what the latest name was? The the, the the newest pod that we just released. I called it Max is no longer going country. Oh really? <laughs> but we have but, a pod. We have a pod. Max is going country. And then the I guess like three was, weeks ago, Max basically like just went ape shit and no, decided yeah, he was going uh, okay to start making. No, sorry, Max. You tell the story. You tell the story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just became a bass player for a country band. Um, on top of my own shit nice. and, uh, and just hanging out with those guys. Like I've never really liked country, but I grew up in East Texas. So I was always around it. And for some reason after I, I met this guy on Bandcamp, and he's like, yeah, we need a bass player. I was like, sweet. Uh, yeah. Send me over the, some of the songs. We're doing some covers. He had some originals went over, did a practice immediately when I met this whole group of guys that just reminded me of everybody I've grown up with in my hometown. I was like, damn, this is dope. Damn. And so we played a show, and the show, like, I've never played such easier music in my life, especially on bass. And I was just, like, grooving with it, getting right in the pocket, and, you, and it's just super easy. Some of the songs are three chords. does not change the whole song. And, vibe. Yeah, so it's, like, it's a really cool vibe. And then uh, just during that moment, uh, do you know the band Midland? They just came out with a new album, and it's like they have a shit ton of Doobie Brothers, Eagles vibes uh, throughout the album, and I'm and I got super amped on it, and so we were talking about that on one of the pods. We're like, Max is going country. Yeah, Max was basically saying, dude, I could turn all these songs I've already written into country songs. Oh well, that was the other. That was the other. Okay, so that was the other thing. Max too. does this all the time, by the way. Bro, bro, all the time. We're actually we're about to we're about to get into it. Re I think there's a. I think, this is a, right now, I think this is a perfect segue to start talking about Max's deviations from literally everything, <laughs> all his ideas. So let's start, <laughs> let's start with TikTok, man. Just put it all together. Why not? Yeah. Like, I know. Well, yeah. What did Ricky say? He goes, you think in terms of absolutes, you got to stop doing that. Like, it's like, Oh, fuck all that shit. I got to do just this. Oh, fuck all that shit. I got to do this. I don't, I don't know why I do that. Like, I he'll, spend, he'll spend, he'll invest. It could be, it could be a week. It could be literally six months. It could be a year and a half. It could be 10 years. Fuck it. It could be a and couple Max days. And Max literally <laughs> just like latch <laughs> yeah. on to this other, get romantic with another idea. We were talking about this and he'll literally just embrace it and be like, not nah, fuck all that other shit. Like, no, I'm a country artist now. <laughs> No, dude, I'm a DJ. That's all I'm gonna do, dude. He'll, I'm just tired of making this. Okay, wait. Actually, I'm. Here's what I'm doing. I'm gonna make an album <laughs> that's all rock and roll, and then I'm gonna make the B side, and it's gonna be called the B side, and it's gonna have all my electronic music in it. And meanwhile, he he stops himself from doing actually executing on the ideas. Exactly. I'm sorry, Max. You can rip on me because I know I got my flaws as well, but I'm digging in a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah. Because uh, right now, let's go. <laughs> You know what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say something. Uh, I forgot. 
I forgot what I was going to say. I don't see, I don't see why you, you don't just combine all the genres. Like, I know. Well, I mean, a lot of people like in the EDM community, like they hate country music. It's like, well, there, there must be like, going back to Willie Nelson, like the outlaw movement, it brought the hippies and like the rednecks together. Like there was a merge of them. Like they hated each other and they're like, yo, this is a fan base that hippies and rednecks love. And it's like, there has to be a fan base, especially in Texas for like, you know, the EDM community and country, even though the country, like true country fans don't like EDM, true EDM fans don't love country. But you know, in Texas, I know a ton of people that love country music and they love EDM. So it's like, yeah. there like there's, I mean, in rock and roll, you could do psy rock and country music and yeah. put a little electronic in there. It's like, this is a time to, I mean, create something new. Like, yeah. you never want to ride a new, like, a trend that's popping right now. Like, because once a trend actually pops off, you're, you're going to be left behind. Literally, dude, literally, dude, me and my bro, um, we were talking about this. Uh, and Because, I mean, I, we've been in the dance scene, I don't know, for, like, long-ass time. You know, when I met you. Yeah, I mean, even probably before that, honestly, like, I remember I first started getting into this like 2010. Oh damn! You know, yeah, and uh, almost a decade. Yeah, pretty crazy, Congratulations. right? Congratulations. Yeah, and uh, got through a party. Huh? Got through a party. A decade right. party? Hell yeah! yeah. And yeah, because I remember like when I first started like listening to Skrillex and like Avicii. That was like my first. Yeah, in, Yo, in the whole that, thing. That's when those that was coming around like 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's when it popped off. Nocturnal yeah. Fest. That's yeah, I went off. to Nocturnal. Um, damn. And uh, me and my bro were talking about this. We we're like, dude. And because so uh, we started following, like, for example, uh, like, you know, Fisher right now, right? He's like blowing up. And dude, we saw Fisher last year, no, two years ago at EDC. And bro, he was playing a back to back set with Chris Lake, closing out EDC. And when you close out EDC, it's not a huge audience. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not playing for a lot of people anymore. I mean, relatively for the entire festival, you know, because when, when you're playing like at 2 a.m., that's like, you know, you're the peak of the night, you know, but yeah. when you're playing at you're closing, 5 a.m., you're the closing. Set, you're the like. closing. There's not a lot of people, right? Now, bro, Fisher is killing it, man. He's fucking everywhere. And uh, we're thinking about this like, dude, we can't be trying to make Tech House. We can't be trying to make, and it's not because, like, it, it, at the same time, we love the music we're making, right? But at the same time, it's almost like strategical. Like, dude, the new shit that's coming after Tech House is going to be a blend of, like, techno, right? Because techno's coming. Techno's already here, right? People just don't know about it much yet. Yeah. But techno's coming, dude. Especially here. Like, I see it here in Austin. More and more techno artists are getting booked. I don't know if you know who Boris Brecha is. No. Like, dude, he only plays in Europe, bro. Real music events just booked him. He just had a, his first tour in the U.S., He's huge, dude. So yeah, we see the techno like starting to grow. It's not at its climax like like Tech House is right now. And now m me and Mal are making like some, uh, I, I, you know, groovy techno. We, we we call it groovy techno because oh, yeah. it's not necessarily Tech House, but it's not necessarily techno. It's kind of right? groovy. It's it's groovy, right? But it's using darker elements like warehouse darker nice. elements of techno, but with uh, the groovier uh, like uh, square. Uh, square bass lines okay. that they use in Tech House a lot, right? And uh, we're sort of like forming our own groove there, uh, like our own, our own uh, sound palette that we're thinking. And we're like, dude, like, 
even 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 from techno, the next wave is gonna be something else, right? We just gotta figure out like where exactly we're gonna fit because that's that we can't just be making what's hot. And that's exactly what you were saying. You gotta be making like ahead of the curve, you know, because that's exactly how Fisher popped off. He was making tech house years before where he is now. You I know? mean, there's there's artists that they don't get big until two decades of going into yeah, it. Like exactly. And I mean, it's like when I decided to do music full time, that's when rhythm was popping off. I remember rhythm. And it's like, rhythm. yo, if it's still here. So it's, 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 it's fucking crazy. No, I'm not inside the rhythm scene, but I was like, you know, rhythm is big. Like, yeah, that's um, yeah, big. And I mean, I enjoy going to rhythm shows, like, cause it's bass heavy. It's wild, it's bro. Energetic, like, it's yo, wild. it's like it, it gets yeah. lit. Um, but if I decided that I want to be part of the rhythm scene, I would have already like. I mean, me going to shows. I mean, rhythm is still there, but I go to shows and I get I'm tired of like listening to rhythm, and you can yeah. you can tell by um, the clubs like let less rhythm people are getting booked. So it's like I see that if if I decided yeah. I wanted to be a rhythm artist, I would I would already died. Like I've been too late. Bro, it's funny you bring that up. I completely agree, well, bro. Man. But yeah. then again, you, you know, there's something to be said, and I think you're right. You got to study trends. You got to be aware. Of, of, of culture, like I'm just, you know, as an example, Ricky and I talk about this all the time. He's super culturally aware of house, tech music, groovy techno, tech house scene. He just knows all about that shit, you know what I mean? I'm acutely aware of hip hop. Like I know pretty much everybody who's popping off right now, whether it be on the micro scale or the macro scale or the SoundCloud artists who are about to go to mainstream to become that net upper echelon. Why are they, what are they doing? What kind of styles do they bring in? Same, less so on pop, but I still pay attention. It's particularly for the hip hop influenced one. But it's just, it, it, for me, it just kind of lets me know, being aware of what's going on. Number one, I find a lot of music that I like through that. But number two is it, it makes me kind of think strategically about like, what I'm doing and just being aware, it makes me competitive, you know, in a, in a way. Um, sorry to go off on that <laughs> tangent there, but I mean, it helps think, you, it helps you in two ways, you know, it helps you see, okay, what is that artist doing strategically, right? right? You learn from that, yeah. right? What, what is, what exactly, what styles is that guy putting together? You know, yeah. there's, there's always something that an artist is combining, right? That, that, that makes them really unique. Especially if they have people's yeah. attention, because yeah. then you realize like what gets people's attention. Exactly. But I, but the one thing I was going to say, what was that? What was that style of music that you were saying? Rhythm. 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 Okay, so. It's like the heavy metal dubstep. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. So rhythm. That's how I, I always think about no, it. Pretty it's much. Like, yeah. You know, if you're actually, if the people who were at the top of the upper echelon of rhythm, if they made that good of a track, I think that track would still do well. It's when you go and you follow a trend like that. And try to go and overemphasize on certain things. It waters down everything, including the really good stuff. But I always think it's like if you were that inspired and you made this amazing rhythm track, like that can cut through the noise too. You know what I mean? You could you could make rhythm have another wave again if the song had was powerful enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely a good argument. Yeah, for sure. It's not really even an argument. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'm just saying it's like if it's authentic to you. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's, it's authentic not, to yeah, you, yeah, I mean, if, if because if it's music that you're actually making that yeah. like you enjoy, but I'm, I was, I think I was getting to a point where it's like you don't want to be trying to catch a trend just because it's a trend. You don't, exactly. you want to be making music that you actually enjoy. Like yeah. I'm not gonna be making like tech, you know, 
No, I got you. Like, but like, it's just not my music. Yeah. You, you know what you make me think of right now? is like, for example, like, who in the bass scene right now started popping off like, like a little bit after rhythm? Rhythm. Fucking res, dude. 2006 like, is when she... Huh? 2006 is when she, like... I remember I saw, like, when I got... No, it was yeah. 2017. Right. Uh, I said 2006. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what? My bad. I, 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 I don't was, know that. I was thinking about the number yeah. six. I, yeah. I think it was 2017. Um, I saw... It might have been 2016. I don't know. But I saw her numbers at 40K followers. And I was like... Um, because I, I... I guess it has to be 2017. Yeah. Because I asked my buddy, like... Um, what kind of music do you think I'm similar to and like what genre and for some reason he said res so uh-huh. I checked her out I'm like yo this is dope yeah. and like um, that's like when her cult was little yeah and exactly in that one year I'm like yo this is like blowing up huge right yeah. and, what, and, and you have to think about okay she, she has she her has, own style she has her own style but she's combining like two elements two big elements from two different genres he's combining like bass dubstep but he's also, but she's also putting together a lot of a. Uh, what's up? He knew. So I was about he says so she. Oh, you're you're you're, you're one you're one of those fans. <laughs> I said he. Hey, Rez is a female. I know, I know, I, I know. I said he, I know. I said he at first, but I, she she. But then, but she's also using some uh, some like house uh, beats in there. And some yeah. tech. Yeah, exactly. Like, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And what well, and that's why. She, she was always a inspiration to me because she literally is was making i mean her style was like has been around but she made her style mainstream and she made this style that people that i mean liked mainstream edm liked her music and it and it was completely different from like house because it was a hundred BPM stuff. It's exactly. Like, it's not one twenty eight. It's not one forty five. It's not one fifty. It's like one hundred. It's like exactly. this slow tempo. Like, yo, what is this yeah. kind of thing? And she's not. She, she's not the only one. Like, uh, for example, like Dylan Francis. Like, a lot of his music is actually a lot slower, right? Like when he was making first music, it was like at one ten. Yeah. So much slower. It was like almost the same sort of like head bob as that you go with Res, but uh. But her music was like is like dark. Oh, like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, though. she's like, combining it's other like, things. It's like yeah. so many different things. It's like, and it. She started like a little, like a wave. Like, yeah. Every single person that would make music similar to her, like I remember walking through a studio one time and somebody was making music that was similar and somebody was like, oh, is that Res 2.0? It like, yeah. like yo, like. If you make music similar, like same similar baseline, it's Res 2.0. It's like yeah. nothing. Like you can't be exactly. So you gotta be really. You really gotta bring your own sauce to the table, bro. Oh yeah, yeah you really yeah. do, man. Yeah, I feel like that's why I'm. That's why I don't focus. Earlier we were talking about mixing and mastering and kind of how I've focused a little bit more on the artist side. Personally, that's just I've been able to make up for it and doing all these other social avenues and trying to build up that content or whatever. But, uh, so it's not like I've stagnated, I don't think, you know what I mean? But I also think I've been able to elevate the artist side, but man, it would be nice to know how to mix and master as well. Dude, mixing and mastering If I didn't have a nine to five, I'd probably spend more time on it, you know Bro, mixing and mastering, um, it is technical, 
But there's a lot of creativity involved in it too, man. Yeah, there, there's some style to it. Like people have different mix downs. Bro, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah I know, kinda, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an art in its own way, and it's a it's critical. It's probably the most critical thing. I definitely want to start getting into plugins and shit first. But yeah, I, was, I actually just read it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Well, I, I wanted I wanted to speak on on what my process has been lately. Okay. Talk about daddy, it. you're not going to be a daddy anymore. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, my process has been, uh, like taking these elements that we were saying and like you were saying, you walked in the studio and they're like, Oh, is that res 2.0 and shit? And, um, so like one of my biggest influences is Tame Impala, but I've been fine. I've been slowly starting to find, uh, some lower key guys, um, uh, a lot of them are DJs, actually, but they do like kind of. Do you know uh, Flamingosis or Grizz or Grammatic or any of those guys? Grizz. They kind of have the live guitar kind of horns and stuff, yeah. and it's like some of it's soulful, but still super poppy, like punchy sounding. And uh, one of my things that I've been, I kind of just cl- gravitated towards it is like, all right, if you can't. Like, a lot of times I'll get inspired, I'll write a guitar lick or something, and I'll build off that. But I have a huge list of all my favorite songs, and since uh, kind of the genre I'm going for is, like, so dynamic with drums, I'll pretty much copy a drum beat from my favorite songs, and then I'll do my own transition fills and stuff with that. And then once I have that built, you... Since you loved that song and you like grown up, like MGMT for example, uh, like the song. Oh, yeah, I love MGMT. Yeah, I think uh, I'll I'll take like one of their drum beats or something or Daft Punk. Yeah. Uh, off his new album, and um, I'll I'll build all that, and then since you have that ingrained in you, it's like so fun to write to, and then everything else just kind of like falls on the table after that. Yeah, I mean, using but, a reference track. Is always yeah. I guess that's what I'm leaning yeah. towards. Yeah, you're, because like that's what it sounds like. You're using a reference track to inspire you to make a song. Yeah. Yeah. And then same thing with like kind of style and stuff too. I was like, all right, what do I want to do? I want to be colorful. I want to be retro. I want to do this and that. Tame Impala kind of leans towards that. And then it's like, all right, I've kind of like gravitated towards this one artist, and it's like definitely want to be like him. So let's start out. Obviously, I'm not going to, like, release myself, like, being, oh, I'm going to literally yeah. copy him. But in my own head, I'm like, let's start out copying him, quote, unquote, in my own personal way. And then as I've been kind of gravitating towards that, I'm like, now I'm starting to realize some things that he does that I don't like. Like, um, oh, wow. you get so obsessed with him that I'm like, all right, he's cool in this, he's cool in this way, but... I actually think I like this kind of thing style about me better than him. So here's one. That's pretty dope. And back to what Ross was talking, or he mentioned this about my thing earlier. My thing, I want to, he does albums, but then he does like, you you have to be like a fan of his. Every album has a B-side to it. And he has remixes done. Hmm. And he has like songs that he didn't release on his main album. Oh, wow. And so, but he has like a very, very small specific 
group of people that have do remixes and they do these bongo-y kind of tribally remixes to some of his stuff. And I was like, I want to take that, but I want to also make country music. put, well, I could <laughs> not, not so much country. Maybe, maybe some of the, no, guitar Max, you tell you, you want to make country, bro. <laughs> All right. I want, that's your, re- that's your beat side. That's your, I, I just lied about everything I said. I just want to do country, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I want to do like a main album, but then I also want to promote like a B side. Like I think Ricky is going to do a remix to one of my songs. And yep. then I think I have other songs that might not match the vibe I'm trying. It's like my album is my project and a sound I'm trying to go for. But then my B side is just gonna be fucking whatever songs I've ever written. Kind of what you were saying, just release shit. Yeah. So B sides, it'll be like, hey, here's my other shit. It doesn't even have guitars in it because my main thing's like psych guitar yeah. sounding stuff. And it's like, here's something I wrote. The drums are just completely different. It sounds like a totally different artist, but it's me. And then that'll be that'll be on it's the B side. It's kind of like when, um, I mean, Mac Miller, he had his like. Mac Miller brand, and then he would release all of his other non-album stuff on SoundCloud. Yeah, like he had lots of music on SoundCloud that just were not on the album. Yeah, because like, it wasn't part of his Mac Miller brand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fucking. I mean, badass. I feel like there's a lot to be said about building a catalog, no matter how you do that. You know what I mean? In doing it on multiple channels, you know, like fuck Russ. I don't know if you guys follow Russ, but Dude, he's a rapper. Russ, crazy, Russ basically is known for writing, producing, mixing, mastering, engineering, all of his tracks. All he does all of it. And yeah, his tracks, Ricky at one point pointed out his tracks maybe aren't as polished as some of the biggest songs online, but the dude is still afforded himself multiple platinum plaques, you know what I mean? Like he's he pushes music, and he had, for a while, I think it was for like 96 weeks, he released a new song every week on SoundCloud. That's what's insane. And you know, back to the trend thing you were talking about earlier, I don't know that SoundCloud, you could still do that as excessively as he did that time. That's why I'm leaning towards other music platforms. We should, we gotta tell him about uh, Loom, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah bro. you should get on. Have you heard of Loom, Yeah, bro? we gotta tell you about Loom. I'm gonna get SoundCloud, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, you are? Why, why is that? It's interesting. Wait, say it again. I'm against SoundCloud. Why is that? Um, I used to like them, yeah. but then I released music on the streaming services, and now when I upload my music, since it's on streaming services, they take it down for copyright. So now I get copyright strikes for releasing my music on SoundCloud. So, and then I, I was like, yo, this is my music. I'm the artist, and they still, want, they still didn't let me like, upload it. I'm like, okay, well. What? Now what? I'm, I'm against, like, I'm... I mean, I still have music on SoundCloud. That's but so weird, because I feel like so I, I have songs on both platforms. I mean, like, I... Do you have a pretty big SoundCloud? No. Okay. I mean, it's like 300 right now. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like... Yeah, Dude, but well, you can you can get the copyright info, f- like what, you use DistroKid? Yeah. Like, you can get the copyright info from DistroKid and like, just put it on your SoundCloud. Because I have... I mean, I... I that's what I did, and they took it down. Really? Yeah. So, Damn. I mean, and plus it's like SoundCloud. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't care for SoundCloud anymore. I I go for SoundCloud when I'm looking for music or to de- DJ with. Yeah. But I mean, that's not where. I mean, if I'm trying to actually earn money, it's like even though I earn barely any money on Spotify, right. Apple Music, yeah. it's like I'd rather try build a fan base on those than like and earn a couple pennies rather than, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, SoundCloud's valuable. The value I see in SoundCloud is uh, all the reposts that uh, you can get from other DJs and stuff. That's true. Yeah, and uh, I found out about this one. Uh, this one tool for for artists called Hyped It. I don't know if oh you've yeah, heard of it. I, yeah, I, I use that. And uh, you know, if if you want to download that track for free, you know, it'll usually like come with you uh, just repost it yeah, or, or comment you get on follow. it. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's a good way to grow. I I use that. Uh, couple times um when i hadn't i actually need to do that yeah and you, and you get an email with like for it too you know start building an email list yeah you know. for sure see that's yeah. i think i got a couple of follows on my spotify through there um nice yeah Sweet. What, what's that loom thing you're talking about okay is that gonna be i'll let ross talk about it all right so loom is so i released my first song is, for is daddy nap like, uh it, so <laughs> I have met with the, nah, I've met you, met with the guys. I know the founders really well, but they reached out to me after I joined their platform because my songs have done really well. Just kind of like the thing I liked about Loom. So I knew nothing about Loom. My first song I was going to release, I released in June. Uh, so that was when I first started dropping music, worked for a long time to get to there, about a year and a half before I dropped anything. But, um, you know, that was when I first started kind of building this online presence yeah. really online was June. Um, and so I released that first song. And then shortly afterwards, I was like, um, had a lot of feedback on this one song. It's called one night. We've talked about it on some of the other pods, but yeah. it's done the best across kind of all the platforms in terms of streaming. Um, and so, yeah, when I, uh, when I first released it, I put it on loom as well. And bro, I got like, I did nothing. I didn't post anything. I didn't even know how the fucking thing worked. And I got like, you know, close to a thousand plays and probably like 500 followers in a pretty short amount of time. And it just, the plays have just continued going up. Now I've got like 1.2 thousand followers on there. Uh, so that's why I got into it. Right. But, but the whole, I'm, I'm bringing this all up. It's a very small company. It's called live, uh, either live or live underground music is what loom stands for. And the idea is you go on there, it's built for underground artists and they just give you a chance to listen to sort of basically all these other musicians, particularly for people who haven't grown into big artists yet. There are some big artists on there, but what they have is, you know, Pigeons and Planes, if you've heard of them. Um, they're like a, used to be a really big blog. They still are, but they're, uh, anyway, they're kind of not pitchfork level, but close to that, if you're familiar with kind of the, that one. Um, and so they have artists that they put on there from an A&R perspective to see how that music streams, to see what people like about it. They have a presence in New York, LA, Austin, and they're out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and basically they're just trying to provide a, 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 a way for people who don't make money off of streaming. Like if, the, if their premise is look at Spotify, 90% uh, of the streaming is done on less than 10% of the artists on Spotify. And that's just the way it works. It's very difficult to be found in that saturated place. So they put this app together basically to try to do that. Yeah. Now it's super early stages. There's still a lot of problems with it. It's, it's growing. It's a startup. You know, it's run by people who are just out of college. Um, but it's a cool concept. It's a cool idea. I think your music would certainly find place on it. You'd get fans naturally from it. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, people will listen. People, yeah. It is a place to where as if you went on Spotify and didn't tell anybody about your music and just nobody knew unlikely that you're going to have your music unless you go run through promotional services yeah. or you send it to blogs or you send it to people um curators all that stuff but on this you do get heard 
the founders, it's a group of like 11 people and they all make sure they listen to your music and they usually repost it if they dig it and that sends it out to their whole network, their whole network gets exposed. And really right now what it is is just a bunch of passionate fans and artists all trying to support each other and make it on an app. A bunch of, there's a lot of hipsters on there, yeah. Some of the well, Ross got hit up. I think he had coffee with one of the guys, and he's yeah. Emailed, we I don't know if he them, emailed yeah. you, but he emailed me. He's like, "Hey, uh, any local musicians in the Austin area? If you just want to get coffee and talk, yeah, we're open to doing." Yeah, that. they invited me out to beers like probably two weeks after I put my music on there, and then I was just like, "These guys are cool." I see what the vid, you know, we, we, we shot the shit. We kind of just like, got to know. yeah, one person is based in Austin. Their CMO is, his name's Jake. He's like our age. And then the rest guys are like 22, 23 and they're based in Madison, New York. And I think some are in LA. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that it is, again, it's an emerging platform and we're very early cause they probably only have like 20 or 30,000 users at this stage, but it's working for my stuff right now, and if I can scale with it, I mean, I think mine's like the fourth most streamed song on the platform right now. One of them is, so it's like the stakes aren't super high yeah, to be able to do, you know, popping, bro. <laughs> um, He's a Loom celebrity. Nah, dude, it's funny because Loom I have done really well Loom on. Influencer. Loom, <laughs> Loom influence. So I am plugging them, but and we've gotten an argument about Loom on this. I podcast. feel like Loom has been mentioned <laughs> but, on every but podcast, but I'm. No, yeah. but I'm cool with Loom. There are problems with Loom, bro. So it's not perfect, but I mean, they're trying to be something cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they don't have bugs. So anyway, Engelman needs to be on there, bro. All right. Yeah, dude. It's, it's cool. I, I see, I see it's, potential with that platform, dude. Yeah, now, for sure. in detail with the platform, you, you, have a, you have your profile, and you can switch between um, tracks, activity, so you can, like, post, like, pictures, and it's, like... Twitter slash Instagram, you can post oh, so pictures. Oh, it's like a social media type Yeah, thing. it's a social media oh, yeah. thing. But there's a whole section that's just strictly tracks. And you can make a playlist. Like, I could like your track, Ross's track, Ricky's track, and several other people's, and make a playlist, a, which a I, I have. A podcast playlist. Yeah, pretty much. That'd be dope. Yeah, that would be sick. But we should definitely do that. But, um... Uh, but yeah, you have your whole section, um, super easy to upload your music and there's like no loading time or anything. You just literally click. That's what I thought was cool about it, is you can go to anybody's thing and you just click on their track and it immediately yeah, loads. It's in, is it an app? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dope. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out for sure. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, but yeah, writing, you can do photos and then the main thing are, obvious. and then you could repost people's tracks too. Kind of like Twitter meets SoundCloud, or maybe Instagram meets SoundCloud. Okay, dope. With music I'm definitely gonna check it out for sure. It, yeah. When I get home. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I kind of want to get down to the meats and bones of plugins okay. that we all use. Get it going. Talk about, talk about it, bro. Favorite plugins. Uh, I guess in a nutshell. Um, Let's talk about our favorite paid ones and our favorite free ones. There we go. Okay. okay. Should I start? And free might be stock and plugins to a particular service, so maybe not free, but All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll start. Um, as far as free goes, pretty much I've been leaning more and more towards uh, just the Ableton stock stuff. Yeah, 
everything, like out of all the EQs I use and stuff, I always gravitate at the very beginning or end to start morphing it together. I'll always use the Ableton 8 EQ. Yeah. Because I just love, that's the only EQ out of all the ones I use where you can visually see uh, the frequencies popping up everywhere. That's literally always, when I, <clears throat> I have my default setup where like, if I do like a new audio or new uh, MIDI track, the EQA is always the first one. Like, yeah. It's there. Yeah, like, same. Th that's like, yeah. That one's, <laughs> that one's good. And then uh, the compression, I can't find any other plugin besides the Ableton stock one where you can use sidechain compression. So every yeah. time I'm using sidechain, I, I use that Ableton stock one. But it's weird because I saw a video and you have to make sure, you don't have to, but I always make sure to turn off the, the makeup gain sounds kind of messed up on it to me personally. Like if you want very transparent. I think I, do I use a, I don't know if I use a makeup gain. I don't know. It's how it ever if you, is. It, it, it could, use, if it goes on there automatically, then I use it all the time. It, it's one of it those. Is, it is automatic. I think you gotta it turn is. it off. And I, I use of, it every single time. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, 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 you gotta turn it off. It's one of those things yeah. like, because I would slip up on it all the time. Like, I think I made a ton of tracks with it on. But I think you, Ricky, might have been the one to tell me. He was like, dude, yeah, yeah you got to turn this thing off. And when I did, I was like, I'll turn it back on. I'll be like, it, it was like this weird, like, digital but digital grittiness. That it just, gets added it just, to the it. makeup gain is just too strong on it. Like, it's, you, just, it's do, really just do, just do, just do a manual output gain, you know? After Wait, you do, so do you not change the output on the so you can. Like those two bars you don't change the output? It just depends you what can. it just depends what compression but you there's want. There's a button up in the corner that says make up. Yeah. Uh -huh. And and it'll and, and whatever you're compressing, it'll make up, you know, whatever it is you're compressing. You know what I'm saying? And that button's automatically well, clicked. Like I I've like mastered that. Like I've mastered that compressor. Like I I know how to make my stuff sound good. I don't know if I use makeup game. I mean, if you don't, it, does, if you it don't, turn blue? no, it no, it turns yellow. It turns, so like the the button is already clicked automatically on the compressor. Yeah, I'm if you take if you if you take it off, right? Yeah, check it out. You, you <laughs> it take might, it off. It might help a lot. If you so for example, what's probably happening is that you're compressing, but you're not hearing the compression on its own. You're hearing the makeup gain also, right? So you're hearing both things happening at, at the same time. Many times you want to like compress. Right? Like, I like this compression right here. I might also just turn and it then, off automatically. I don't know. You might. I don't know. But I'm just saying. Right? <laughs> oh, no, like, yeah. set it to when you open it up. You yeah. might have a default there, to that way, there too. There should be a way. Yeah. There is a way yeah. to do it. Yeah. But the automatic way, uh, like, if you just get Ableton, it'll come in with the makeup gain clicked in. I, yeah. I realized that there's a, on the Ableton compressor, I, um, it usually has a default as a peak. I always put RMS on it, and that made that has made my yeah um, compression so much smoother. It just depends what you what you going for. It, of course, depends on what yeah. you're using on, but yeah. I use RMS a majority of the time because because RMS is like chaining. RMS is like the average sound, yeah. so you can get a good pumpy breathy. <laughs> yeah, thing. it's just changing what the threshold is looking at. You know, yeah. like. Yeah, like when when just changing when the compressor is gonna activate. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think that's like I think that what took my comp it definitely helped me save time because like when I would do peak, I would hear these clicks. I'll like and I was like, yo, what was these clicks from? 
once I put RMS, I'm like, yeah. clicks are gone. Compression finally sounds good. It's probably your attack, dude, honestly. Oh, yeah. I if, mean. If you're hitting the clicks. It's, yeah. it's attack, release, and threshold all together. But it's like, I mean, everything is set where I want it to be. But it's a peak that's just still like, like I, can't, I can't change anything else that to make it. Like, there's like this iffy point that there's nothing I can do. So sure. I do RMS and then it's golden. Interesting. Dude, uh, what's your favorite paid plugin, Max? Yeah. Um, favorite paid plugin. Uh, I have I have three of them, I, and they're pretty much the only three that I use. I use uh, the SSL G channels and E channel. Um, they're they're like an emulation of like. By who? Waves. So there's the SSL EQ G channel, which is supposed to be a hair a little bit more gritty. I think like um, uh, the Green Day producer uses the G channel a lot. Um, I think the real board that it's emulating, I think it was like on Tom Petty's album and shit and like mm -hmm. Nirvana and stuff like that. The, and the G channel, I like using that for like guitars and stuff. And then the E channel is like, kind of a upgraded version, but it's like very smooth, like very transparent sounding. And, um, so I, I like kind of like doing boosts with those. Uh, and all these plugins too, they have presets. So I start with presets and then I'll morph everything from presets pretty much. And then uh, going to the CLA-2A, that's just like, it doesn't even have attack or release settings or anything. It's crazy it, it. You just put it on, yeah. and it's super fucking awesome for vocals. Damn. I don't know how, but everybody always, like I, all the mixing videos I've ever seen, people are using them. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah and it sound actually good, sounds super yeah. good. Wait, what dogs are y'all on? Ableton. Ableton. Ableton? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm on Ableton as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so and the, what's, what's your, well, I feel like you can only pick one. Yeah, you can only one, pick bro. one favorite fucking plugin, bro. Oh, fuck. All right. Um, yeah. You, yeah, you just let it. Yeah, those the, your favorite's the Wave SSL, bro. Yeah, no. I hope it feels plugins. good. Those That's great to know, bro. It's not. Next. I will pick your favorite, bro. <laughs> all right. All right. Guitar, I think Guitar Rig. Okay. That's a dope one. Guitar Rig is fucking... Because you can plug your guitar in direct and um and your bass and everything i have a preamp at my house and uh yeah i think so yeah yeah and um i use amplitude but it has all like preset made effects you can just do crazy ass effects or you can build your own pedal chain like like there's a uh what is it called um the, there's like a rat distortion pedal. It's like the real pedal, but on the on guitar rig, it's called the cat or something. And it's like the same. It's like emulations yeah, of all yeah. these pedals. But um, I love building chains from there. And I almost think it sounds... I, I've tried plugging in my whole pedal chain into my uh, preamp, and sometimes it gets like too dirty, too much sounding. And then when I use those plugins, it's just super clean. It's It's already like... Those plugins make it sound like it's like mixed already. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, Ricky, you want to go? 
Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It is hard because there's like, <laughs> I mean, I fuck, saturation, you know, like all this shit. Um, but uh, the one I just thought of right now, that Mao just showed me like last week. It's super badass, dude. I got to show you. It's a y- Yellow Max for Live. You know what that is? Yeah. Um, yes. so like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like people can make their own plugins essentially for Ableton. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I just downloaded one off there. It was free, dude. It's called distance. You can literally pinpoint exactly in the three dimensional, uh, like stereo image. You can pick where you want the sound to be at and how wide you want it. Wow. It is fucking awesome, dude. It's you can literally put it where you want it. Like, right here. It's free. It's and nice. And that's your free plugin. Yeah. It's my free plugin. It's dope. Yeah, yeah cuz yeah. you can like pan shit exactly how you There's want it. You can put it more up front, you can put it more back like in the mix. It's super legit, man. It's and it's super simple. It's not like a super hard plugin uh to like, you know, get the hang of. So definitely that is an awesome free plugin to like pl- fuck around with cuz yeah, man, with with anything like especially like a lot of times hats, like hi hats, you know, like close hi hats. You know, uh, they're not a cent- some many times they're not in the in the center of the mix, and so you know you're trying to like pick where you want the groove at, and so yeah, it's pretty dope, especially when listening to headphones. You know, you, yeah. Um, but uh, that's that would be my free plugin, my favorite paid plugin. Shit. Um, favorite paid plugin. What would I say? I dude, I got another free one, dude. The drum bus, man, that is legit, man. The drum bus drum on Ableton, bus. yeah, it's good stuff. Wait, it's you're the drum rack, drum bus. What's a drum bus? It's a. It's, is it, it a compression? It's a compressor with some. It's it's mainly a saturator, but it it also compresses, and you can like. It's just it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing on like almost anything. You don't even have to use it on drums. I you play use with it. I played with it a couple it's times. Really it's really awesome, it's man. Cool. It's really good. Yeah, sounds amazing. Um, also, uh, all right, paid plugin. Fuck, dude. I don't know. I was gonna say we don't own it yet, but I was telling you about that plugin, Soothe. Yeah, Soothe looks cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first one I can think of right now, as far as paid plugin, since I've been messing a lot, like recently, I've been uh, using a lot of uh, dynamic EQs yeah. on, especially my drums. Cause sometimes, so I saw this uh, this mix engineer Luca Pertilesley. He he like mixes for like Tiesto and like huge artists. And uh, he was talking about it one time, and he was saying that like sometimes, uh, especially in dance music, you get that hi hat that's always like, you know, and it's it's like a constant burst of like like seven k like at seven k hertz always hitting your ear, and that's such a like sensitive listening. That's like where we hear Christmas, you know, and if it's hidden too much in the ear, it'll get like exhausting. And so what he was saying was that with dynamic EQ, you set, you you put it on mid side and you make it go, you make it dip uh, in mono, but you boost it on the side, right? And it makes it so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. So much nicer, dude. It it, sides are things. Yeah. And so I'm using the, I'm using the fab filter dynamic EQ when I, when I, when I, and I put it on my drums when I'm mixing. And dude, it's super nice. It's like the harshness Damn. goes away, but the stereo is still there. Damn. It's dope. Yeah, that's what I would say for my. That's pretty. Cool. Right now, Fab Filter is for sure my favorite paid plugin. Yeah. yeah. You can go. Um, 
So, yeah, dude, Fab filters are definitely probably. Oh yeah, dude. That, I was just thinking about so that. It's my you favorite so good. You can plugin. You switch but. between mids and sides on Fab filter. Yeah, you can do it on on, yeah. on the EQ8 yeah. too, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Most yeah. most most EQs have mid side EQ. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's. Um, yeah, I like the Pro Q a lot. But yeah, um, it's awesome, man. Anyway, so I'd say right now my favorite free plugin is one called Grailion. Dude, uh, I mean, that is a badass plugin, it especially it's for essentially you. a free auto-tune plugin, and I've just been using it a lot. Like, I used it a bunch yesterday for the TikTok plugin uh, v- videos and just put an assload of reverb on it, and it literally sounds just like Travis Scott. What is it called It's called uh, Grillion? Dude, like, it's... G-R-A-I-L-L-O-N. I and feel like you would uh, definitely get a uh, good, good like value from that. I mean, range. it's just free, yeah. so it's just yeah. like, fuck it. They give you a limited version, yeah. uh, but it is pretty dope. Um, another one, and then and in terms of paid plugins, I'd have to say really any by output. I listen to it. I have a, I own, I don't know if you guys have ever used outputs, but I'm a huge output fanboy. I own their desk. I own like several of their plugins. Uh, the one that I like the most right now is called analog strings. And it's essentially just a lot of different, everything from sequences to proper analog strings and the way they sample them are just so could be universally used for really any sound a lot of them are pretty dark but you can find happy sounds dark sounds ambient sounds ones with rhythm ones without rhythm ones that are slowly building some that are cinematic like it's just so diverse and and I love uh, you know that's a pretty expensive plugin but my favorite plugins tend to be the ones that actually give you a bank of sounds and not the ones that are like used for mixing or yeah. production. The only output mastering. plugin I have is Exhale. It's a vocal. It's strictly a vocal. Oh yeah, Exhale's. Plugin. I love that plugin. Dude, I've been meaning to get Exhale. Man. Exhale's Exhale great. It looks awesome, dude. Super cool. Yeah. It's kind of dated now because it's you'll hear the samples on a lot of different songs still, but. Uh, have you ever listened to the, ever used Exhale, Englewood? No. It's pretty cool. You might like it. I don't know if you would use it I think for your style I think you, music, I think you'd like it, bro. You yeah. use it for keyboards, but it's just like, oh, like, oh, it's like a vo- it's, it's, it's like a vocal engine. Yeah. They had recorded like 10,000 different vocal samples oh, yeah. and then basically made a plug-in around it and like added modulations and all kinds of outboard gear on it. I need to show you my music. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Like on this song that I'm working on right now, it's like actually like vocals from a synth in the background. Oh yeah. So like that's like my I love. love Dude, you would love fucking uh, exhale. exhale. Yeah, dude. That's the only output plugin I own. Damn. I don't know any output plugins, but exhale looks super cool. Um. So I guess for my, I mean, free ones, I always use all the Ableton stock plugins because they're fast, easy, you just drag, you don't have to worry about increasing CPU. Like, I have like a lot of cool free plugins, but it's like, I still use this Ableton one just because it's like so much easier and I don't have to look for them in the different folders and stuff like that, so. But I think out of all my free ones, probably that special reverb, I don't know what it's called. It starts with a C. I always forget the name. I just call it like C Reverb. It's like the ones that are in the pack. That's like um, I think you have to have like Sweet. Or I think it came out with like Ableton Tint. Mm. But it's um, it's like all these different 
Um, oh, I know. Convolution Reverb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. where they recorded, like, yeah. all... Like, you can say, like, you're in a stadium or you can use, like, different plates or springs or yeah, yeah. all these different types of reverbs, and I love that. And Hell yeah. you, you can... What's cool is, like, you can also, like, edit your reverb so well. You, I, I love doing reverse reverbs on theirs because oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah. so simple. You can oh, actually yeah. see the wave of the reverb. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, like, I love it. Um, And then for the... Probably for my paid, anything with contact, honestly, because, I mean, I started... Contact is good. I have a huge contact bundle. I, like, started with Machine. So, like, that's how I started my production um, back in 2011. And so I have, like, free, um, I mean, some free contact stuff that came with Machine, where it's, like, I I still use the Gentleman's Piano. I... um, Yeah, that one's sick. I you I don't know I just I use a lot of stuff like that's free on there like for my sounds and uh, yeah I'll, I like the F was it F eight or FM eight or something uh, FM eight is Native Instruments right yeah is it FM eight yeah. FM eight oh. is Native Instruments oh shit yeah well I mean Contact is Native Instruments right right but I don't oh, think yeah. that, I don't think that, I don't think it's part of Contact though Uh-oh. yeah uh-huh. yeah. But it is a synth. Oh, uh, you know what I'm thinking of? Complete. Com- I got the complete. You think about complete? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that comes with contact, right? Yeah. 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 Still. Yeah. Would that be considered paid if I didn't really pay for it because it came with machine? I thought the same thing. Absolutely. All right. Cool. I, I think it is paid. Should I also plug in one another one? Yeah. Um, from Polyverse Manipulator, the Infected Mushroom. Voice one. I haven't really used it that much, but it's just, it's fun to play with. It's super dope. It? It's a voice coder. Yeah, it's a, oh. like a voice coder. So you can do it on different instruments also, but yeah. it, I mean, it was, I talked to one of the people that like works at Polyverse and he was telling me like about the process and stuff like that. It was like super dope. Like they literally made this plugin for, like it was infected mushrooms plug-in like they yeah. wanted it like how they yeah. i mean it's dope like how you can um i don't know you, it's just a way to edit vocals like dope. super super uniquely damn i've been had the opportunity to actually use it for my songs but i have i have this one infected mushroom plugin um god i just saw an idea i, I wish all these companies would make like live pedals of their plugins to use on stage and shit. I would say yes, but uh, I'm not a guitarist or I wouldn't use it. True. <laughs> well, for me at least. <laughs> I mean, it'd be very beneficial for, Yeah. I mean, guitarists and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they, they don't have stuff like that. They have a shit ton of, I don't know. I have a lot of pedals, but um, as far as like vocals and stuff. Yeah. yeah you should, you should be pedals. able to plug it through an interface and through. I mean, but that's just a lot of... Yeah, I get worried about taking my computer to a gig, too. Because uh, that's, like, my main yeah. fucking studio, that's pretty your, much. That's their company. That's your work. That's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, dude. Thing. Yeah, dude. But this thing? Oh, my God. I, I know eventually I want to get to a point where I could get a different... Like, if I had money and something happened yeah. to that computer, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. And there, also, if you bring but, a computer, there could be a lot of technical issues trying to do a gig. Exactly. Because, like, yeah. I've seen um, at South by 
there was like a lot of technical issues. I mean, like you could just have a pedal and then boom, it's easy setup. Yeah. But if you exactly. have a computer, it's like anything can happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's how I get freaked out using computers. So as far as live shit. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, Ableton could crash like eight times and like you're saying, it's like you never crashed on me before. Like, yeah. Like, Dude, why are you crashing? Real. Yeah. <laughs> crashing in a live set? That would like, suck. Yeah. Bro. It's just everything stops. You're like, okay. Um, so that's what my voice sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, boys. That was a pretty good pod. That was solid. Engelman, thanks for joining in, bruh. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you have to come to the next one. If you if you actually live in Austin now, you should totally come drop in on some when you can. I'm leaving on October 22nd. Leaving on October 22nd? Coming back for Thanksgiving. Got you. Fuck yeah. We'll see you at Thanksgiving. We'll see you either between now and October 22nd. Yeah. Or yeah. after Thanksgiving, at Thanksgiving. That'd be dope, dude. Hell yeah. Good shit. All right. Thanks for tuning in, cats. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. peace.